Whiskey in the Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title for about two months now, Callum. Woo! Oh, yeah, lovely. We're back at the Fountainhead Roof Deck Garden. Um, Bob Zacharias has abandoned us for ten minutes, but he will be back <laughs> at some point as he finishes paying, doing payroll, which is very important you know, to his employees and all that good stuff, because Bob is the manager of Fountainhead. This is Jake, and as always, Callum O'Donnell is with me. Not as always, but our senior correspondent from Scotland is here today. Correspondent? Yeah. Man, I'm moving up in the world. Senior correspondent. Yes! Senior Does Scottish that mean I get a pay rise? Uh, yes, you can have one more high life. <laughs> <laughs> no spaghetti, though. On top of my su- current salary of Topo Chico's. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but you can't uh, you can't invest into a spaghetti just yet. Or I can't invest into Spag that. money. Yeah. Spag stock. We don't, uh, we don't have enough money to go around here. Sorry, Callum. <laughs> well... So we do have uh, two guests today. Yeah. Two important guests. My good friends. My old friends. 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 I was going to let you introduce them. Oh my God, what a privilege. What an honor. This is like your second time doing that. To introduce. um, I'm basically hosting for a short amount of time on the podcast. You hosted uh, two podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, I loved it. It felt like I had a lot of power. I edited it all out. But um, (laughs) I suppose that... suppose you guys are some of my oldest friends in, in, in the United States, which is really, really nice. Um, I met both of these people in um, L.A. two years ago. But you weren't invi- invited to their wedding? I wasn't invited. To, I was invited to oh, their wedding, were. actually. I was invited oh, to their wedding. Um, I met them both two oh, years ago in the to. Nomad. It was the Nomad, right? We discussed yes, that last it night. The it was the Nomad. And as soon as I met them, I knew that they were both really, really passionate about whiskey and both really kind of pure people. And I think one of the reasons that we connect so well is that we all, we, I think we all agree on a lot of the same things, mora- like morality-wise, ethically-wise, all that interesting stuff. Can you just introduce them? And so, yeah, this is um, <laughs> Sarah and Nick, okay, or also known as Whiskey Nomad. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Anytime, guys. Do you want me to do more of an introduction? Or? If you want to keep going. I mean, <laughs> it was probably the longest intro we've ever had. It was, <laughs> well, like, a, it it was like a Taking Back Sunday song with a very long bridge. <laughs> um, so you guys, I mean, it's so funny because when I first met you guys, I was like, you don't really look like whiskey people. Do you get that a lot? <laughs> yes. Really? Like, you, you don't, like, because, you know, I think a lot of people have, when people talk about Scotch especially, right? Like, Sarah, if you're ever sitting in a bar and you ask for, like, like a Laphroaig or like a Lagavulin, do you get like a look? To peop- are people like, mm. sorry, ma'am, but this isn't for you kind of thing? Yeah, a lot of times I'll, uh, I'll ask what um, a bottle is that I don't um, recognize. I'll be like, um, tell me about that one. And then I'll get a response of, uh, that's a scotch. That's and I'll not be for like, you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me about it. Because <laughs> I think that was probably my first impression was like, you guys turned up and I was like, wow, like this is Whiskey Nomad. Like I was not expecting this, you know. I don't know why. I think I expected yeah, like two dudes, yeah. two dudes, like older dudes, like. Like 60 year old men. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like Whiskey <laughs> <laughs> Nomad's too cool for two 60 year olds. Yeah, very I, true. I think, I, su- I suppose I was expecting like two younger, like young professional blokes. Like, Did who, you check their profile beforehand? I mean, I, I looked at it, but at the same time, like. I'd only been in the US for like a month and it was a whirlwind, man. Like I'd been in New York, Austin. I was supposed to come to Chicago, ended up going to San Francisco. And then I was flown down to LA and I was a bit like discombobulated, you know? So, and then you guys turned up and I was like, oh, this might actually be quite fun. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, so thanks for that. But yeah, Nick, do you ever get that? Are people ever like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, what are you picking this whiskey off for? 
Not really in uh, in person. Online, because uh, we'll answer the messages together uh, mm-hmm. online on the Instagram, and sometimes we'll like I'll comment on something, and then uh, one of the things I often see is like people will comment back challenging something like something random, like you know this is a scotch. Well, no, it's not because technically it's not. I'm like, why are they like? Come on, <laughs> like, just look it up, and then I'll realize that they're actually thinking that they're talking to Sarah, mm. and then then I'll, I, I asked her about it one time, and she's like, yeah, that's welcome to being a you know. A the way people speak to me. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Talking about whiskey. You'll get challenged on everything. Mm-hmm. How did both of you find whiskey to be such a big part of your lives? Um, I'll go first. Yeah, please. Um, I think it was around 2008. I was a huge tequila drinker. Mm. <laughs> and Hold on. We all 2008? <laughs> yeah, How old are you? <laughs> Don't ask a lady her age. God. Are you over 30? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah. I'm over 30. I know that. You look over 30. <laughs> and ne- how old are you? I can ask you, right? You can ask me. How old are you? How, how old do you think I look? I mean, you're Asian. That's not <laughs> It's not fair. Like, you, you literally will never age. I know. I, you, I mean, you look like a 21. I bet you, like, if you like if you stay unshaven, people are like, yo, do you have your ID? And you're like, uh... <laughs> people still, like, they actually do ID me. They do so card they you? They actually do card me. I'm what are you th- 38. A decade older than you. Man, I'm going to look so much older than you when I'm 38. <laughs> He's going to look the same. I think you already do. Yeah, I already do look older than you, man. Especially last night you did. Oh, that, yeah. That American spirit just sucking <laughs> sucking it down. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, for anyone out there that's listening, you know, occasionally after a few beers, I do and en- en- enjoy. I after booze, you have cigarettes. After booze, yeah. Yeah. After booze, I have a cigarette and I mistakenly had one last night and I was saying to Jake that mm. when I woke up this morning like I woke up and I had like a I never really get a hangover but mm. I had a really like like a bit of a headache and a really sore throat and I was like man like I only had a few beers and then I was like oh yeah cigarette will do it anyway it's called, it's called being old back, back 28 to years old anyway back to Sarah 2008 <laughs> tequila drinker Sarah Jalba so I think everybody knows how the story goes when you love tequila. Mm-hmm. At some point, it bites back. You love yes. it too much. Right. <laughs> you love it a little too much, and it doesn't love you back. Yeah. And so I, I that feeling. swore off drinking for a while. I was like, I-, I can't do this. And then I went to a bar one day and was like, what can I sip on? You know, and the bartender was like, well, do you like whiskey? And, I, and at that time, I thought, you know, Maker's Mark, Crown Royal, like, Oop, not really. Crown Royal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he gave me a, a scotch, and I just started sipping on whiskey and was fell in love with it. And then, because I didn't want to party as much anymore, mm. I would sit at the bar, and I'd just chat with the bartenders. And, I, I mean, back then, there wasn't, there was even less women whiskey drinkers than there, there is now. Like, it's kind of a booming thing. But Yeah, I, I was going to say, there's bar, definitely a movement now, you know. I'd go to a bar, I'd be like, hey, can I have a glass of whiskey neat? And the bartender would pause, look at me, and then start a conversation. And oh. I would just ask a ton of questions, and i just ask questions and questions, and they loved the fact that I wanted to drink whiskey. So I learned a ton, and then I joined some whiskey clubs. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to, I didn't have a lot of money then, so I would <laughs> exchange uh, running social media in exchange uh. for the admission to all of the events. And that was great because, you know, most of these clubs were run by um, older males who had no idea how to Mm. do social media, but they wanted Instagram and Facebook. Mm. And so they were more than happy to just pass that off to me and and then in exchange for free whiskey. And so I just go to all these events for free. It's a good way to get yourself in there. Yeah, Yeah. like it's definitely, it's so funny because, you know, I think it's such a different way to come into it all. Like, you know, especially 
from the aspect that like you just turned up to a bar and you were like fuck it like i want one of these you know whereas like i, th I feel like like jacobs and your family like and i'm scottish like and if you're scottish it's just like okay like you obviously like whiskey you know what i mean so it's nice i know you know often you jacob Jake. Oh, I said Jacob. I said Jacob. His name is Jacob, by the way. It is, but um, uh, just just in case anyone's out there, I'm just wondering. <laughs> um, but I, th I think like a lot of people here in the United States, like they get into it for like you know that one of their mates gives them a bottle or whatever. But obviously, it took a lot of balls for you to be like, do you know, in a bar and just be like, fuck it, I'll just have I'll just have something random, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's cool. What about you, Nick? Well, before we had met, uh, I had been trying to drink back in the glory days no i was going through a phase where i was like you know i need to i need to learn some like grown man things like i need to drink, <laughs> I need to drink my coffee black i need to learn uh, learn how to drink whiskey so i was going to costco and i was just getting whatever the costco specials were whatever i need to learn bad things <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna buy an axe cigarettes <laughs> I, need a, I need a hat i need a hatchet <laughs> I'm gonna get some firewood. <laughs> the whole camping phase. I'm gonna build my own boat. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so uh, I, I'd gotten just a few whiskeys here and there, and then uh, I actually ended up meeting Sarah and asked her out. Actually, asked her out oh. on a date. Oh, then, we're then, getting a love I story as well. This is exciting. So was, uh, that was so what, that was most of the time people were like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" But he did. He was like, "Would you like to go to dinner with me at eight o'clock on Friday?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> thank you." <laughs> but we'd um, we met through work, and I'd been kind of gaming it a little bit. So we'd been friends on Facebook for years. Just like you see someone, you add them, all that. And then uh, we had we, mutual friends. We had mutual. It wasn't friends. a random, yeah. <laughs> a random. So he wasn't just like, wow. <laughs> Boink. <Yeah. laughs> Hello. Yeah. So we'd been uh, chatting for a little bit, and then I knew she was into whiskey because I, I had Facebook stalked her. Mm. Hold on, let me just jump in here. So basically, what you're saying is you fell in love with whiskey because you were trying to get in Sarah's pants. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for calling it exactly <laughs> as it so is. So great. That's the best whiskey reason <laughs> we've ever had. This is a. The this road does not matter. It's about how you get. It's about yes. getting there and at the end. Yeah. Every person has journey. their own whiskey journey. Right. <laughs> so Cal's still on his. Yeah. So just at the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so. Um, I, I knew she liked whiskey, so I looked a bunch of whiskey places, kind of whiskey date, and we decided, um, I, I asked her, hey, have you ever been to Seven Grand in mm. San Diego? And she's like, oh, you know, like maybe once or twice. I'm like, cool. So I plan out this whole day. We uh, end up going to Seven Grand, open the door for her after dinner, open the door for her. She walks in, and then uh, she's walking through, and like the bartender's like, hey, Sarah, you know, how's, this go how's it going? You know, and it's like a crowded night, and they're like, hey, Sarah, what's going on? <laughs> and then like, hey, you want your Everybody usual? knew her, and he's yeah. like, for God's yeah. sake. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in over my head. Dude, this is like really romantic, though. Like, you mm -hmm. planned a date, you looked up a place, you started, like, getting into whiskey. So, on that date, did you choose the whiskey for him? I think I did. I'm sure you did. I think I, I said I, th I said we'll have some peated scotches. Your choice. Mm -hmm. That was the that was what I was into at the time, and I wanted to know if he could handle the peat. You yeah. know, everything was a test. Like I, I didn't tell him, <laughs> I didn't tell him that I knew about that I knew this bar. I was like, yeah, you know, I've yeah. kind of been there a couple times. Like, mm -hmm. and then we walked in, and they were like, hey, and I immediately looked to see how he would handle that. You know, is he going to be intimidated? Is he going to? Is he gonna and he punched him. No, he just knocked somebody out. <laughs> what do you mean, hey? I found the biggest guy there, and I just knocked him out. <laughs> Shut down. Being in the corner. Oh. That's amazing. That's, that's a great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
so then it just kind of continued from there. The infatuation yeah, uh, kind of began and just rode down that. Yeah, I started going to tastings with her. Okay. And then uh, just learning more about whiskey and then helping her out with Instagram in order to like look up um, research on whiskey yeah. and just doing lots of research. And then kind of morphed into traveling to distilleries mm-hmm. and then just actually talking with people and doing more. And where did this? Sorry, Jake. I was going to ask: is, a, is Scotch the catalyst of all this? You think the interest of whiskey, or does it begin anywhere else? Oh well, I liked bourbon. Okay. I liked. I tried Scotch first and loved it. And um, my dad is a Scotch drinker, mm. so I think I thought, oh, okay, this is good stuff. Like it's in the family history, right? But <laughs> I loved bourbon for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. And Callan then thinks it all tastes like the same thing. I yeah. said that one time, right? <laughs> and it's like, and I was, and I didn't say that all bourbon tastes the same. What I said was, for me, it kind of tastes similar. But Jake has taken that to mean that I think that all bourbon tastes the same. Anyway. To each their own, my friend. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, you know, obviously, anyone listening um, that, that is on social media, they'll know you guys as Whiskey Nomad, right? They'll know like this page and stuff. And where did th- like when did that start to become something that you guys were like, holy shit, like, this is, this is a thing? Like, how many followers have you got now? 38,000. 30, <laughs> 38. Mm-hmm. That's thousand, <laughs> thousand. Um, so thirty-eight thousand followers. I mean, that's w- probably one of the top ten biggest whiskey gra- whiskey Instagrams Maybe up there. Maybe not anymore. No, there's mm-hmm. some pretty big ones. Yeah, there's, there's some, some pretty big ones. Like bourbon enthusiasts over a well, thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Nate and whiskey with a view, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whiskey. whiskey consensus. Yeah. Because there's some suit. Like I suppose for you guys as well, one of the coolest things about your page is that. Wait, how much does Nate have now? Sorry, 105. Oh, really? Uh, he, he really took off after his article recently too. Right. With it while he's on the road. So yeah. I can't. I'm not even sure anymore. We we're trying to get him down here. We hung out with him a couple oh. weeks ago. Nice. Yeah, he no, was in San Diego weeks like ago? two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks he was ago. up at Jay Henry, um, which is two and a half hours from here. But he. For anyone listening, this is um, single malt daily. Nate Ghana. He's another massive. Are we no. talking about no, same no, malt? No. Obviously the view. Yeah. That's another. Okay. He went on a road trip like for the last. Like right when COVID hit, he went on a road trip. He's like been driving around timing, since forever. Oh, I've yeah. not met him. I've not met him, man. No, he doesn't like you. He's really cool. He doesn't. He's, he's not met me. Stop this. <laughs> God. We warn him. Getting though. bullied over you here. Back to your point about social media. I'm starting to. I'm starting to go fund me. God damn it. I can't it. wait till Bob comes back. <laughs> oh my God, Bob, come back and help me. Um. So yeah, I suppose one of the coolest things about your guys' Instagram is that it's not just a bottle. Right, a lot of people just post the bottle or post themselves pouring a bottle. Like you guys have really stepped up. Like for a while, you were doing two, when before COVID, you guys were doing like bar, like bar reviews almost, right? Like mm-hmm. you would go into the bar and it would like it's like a like a 10, 15 second montage of like you guys arriving and then you would get cocktails at the bar and it was like a one minute review of like mm-hmm. a quick review of bars and so that was super cool. And like, where did all that like where did all that inspiration come from? Where did you guys start the page? Like, why was all that something? I, well, I was running social media accounts for um, whiskey clubs, uh-huh. and one of the ones that I had built up, um, the whiskey club self imploded due to politics. <laughs> and when they did, they sold my Shocker. Instagram um, because I didn't have any of the rights to it. I was just doing the photos for it. But okay. they sold the Instagram for a couple thousand dollars to somebody, and then, of course, they didn't do anything with it and it went away. And I realized, hey, if I can do this for someone else, why the heck am I not doing it for myself? Yeah. And so um, I, s- I thought, what do I want to do? Like, what's. Yeah what do I care about and I love <coughs> traveling and I love whiskey so I picked the name whiskey nomad started doing whiskey and travel combinations and then it just kind of became about that and then you know Nick and I took off in our relationship and we've been doing it together ever since I think the moment that I mean what what would you say is the moment that we realized that it was uh, I think the 
for me personally, the moment that I realized it was it was something special yeah. was part of the thing that we love doing is the actual travel yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. And then before we had actually really started covering different bars and distillers and all that, we'd go to places and then you know, we'd, we'd pay for the tour and then we'd stay afterwards and we'd chat with them. Mm-hmm. And then the first time we, it was, I think the first time we reached out to someone, uh, we reached out to, uh, the old man, uh, bar, the Hemingway bar in Hong oh, Kong. Okay. And they, and we went out there and we just, we, we, it was such a cool bar that we wanted to start filming video there. And we yeah, filmed course, a really yeah. cool video and it did, and it did fairly well. And then we just formed a really cool relationship with them and we still you know, message each other on, uh, on Instagram today. Because nice. so. for a bar, like any bar, if that is a piece of content that's mm-hmm. out there online with a massive account, like 40,000 people like are looking at this thing, that's such a huge, like people people genuinely pay thousands of dollars for that kind of thing. Like a, mm-hmm. like a, vid- like a well-edited video with people that are getting cocktails and kind of kicking about the bar and like just the general, like with some mm-hmm. nice music on the background, people pay thousands and thousands for that, right? So that's a pretty cool aspect of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing as well I was going to say was like do you miss is that something that you guys miss or do you kind of like or was the video editing and all that kind of thing was it a bit too much effort or I miss it so much yeah. I miss traveling right. more than anything in the world it's no longer whiskey no man it's just whiskey <laughs> <laughs> when was the first trip how, far, how long ago for whiskey no man oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, Iceland was it Iceland okay. was the first oh, one we really some, posted about some sheep dung smoked. Oh, whiskey. we did yeah, that. The, we uh, have this gorgeous floaty. picture of the sheep dung whiskey in front of a waterfall. <laughs> you so yeah. It's a great shot. <laughs> it's a great shot. It's a terrible. It was a terrible whiskey. I haven't had. When it people ever. ask me what's the worst whiskey ever had, that comes right to mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, yeah, it's pretty terrible. I mean, they put sheep dung on the label. Like no matter what, you've, right. you've influenced the flavor. Right. 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 <laughs> I agree. Mentally, you know, it's like when you're tasting whiskey and someone's like it has an orange note peel like you taste orange note even mm. if you don't want to yep so, so. sorry I, I interrupted you uh how long ago was that 2015 2016 okay. I think yeah so it's really been going 15, yeah. and it's a long time with the consistency yeah. of guys have i think it's one of the longer accounts doing what yeah. you do when we first started there was only about five or six whiskey instagrams out there and right. it was um we started about the same time as Whiskey with a View, mm-hmm. or I okay. started that Whiskey Club account about the same time, so they were going about six months longer than Whiskey Nomad was, and everybody started kind of taking off at the same time. Yep. Um, and now there's just a million mm-hmm. whiskey accounts out Definitely. there. Definitely. in 2014 and 2016, we'd be doing influencer work with people who were just photographers that had a big, big crowd. So if they had like 35,000, 90,000 followers. That's who we would like go team up with. That's mm-hmm. from our distillery and take pictures of the bottles and essentially mm-hmm. to get that out there. And there was no a whiskey influencer really, especially locally. Maybe some food influencers, but nothing with whiskey. Yeah, I think we were, we were definitely the first to do whiskey and travel. Mm-hmm. We were definitely the first female driven whiskey Instagram account and uh, the first one to not just do bottle photos yeah which is huge Mm -hmm. and important which we we appreciate that a lot because it's it's what's another review from this other person online that you don't even know yeah it's and the weird the weird part of it too is the anonymity these guys create sometimes where they don't show their faces even when they're Mm -hmm. doing Instagram lives they'll just show like a picture of the bottle and then do a live with you know a distiller or an owner or a bar Mm -hmm. manager and like, why don't you show who you are? Like, it's you just, know, it's just strange. Like, it's I, I, tough. I mean, it's, the they can, I mean, they could look like Callum. I mean, it's true. <laughs> nice. It's true. 
Bob, Bob, now that you're here, can you yes. fucking back me up? <laughs> yeah. Bob, fill in. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, sorry. Sorry, I'm uh, Colin York. A guy. No. Yeah, he's a guy. You can't uh, be mad at a guy wearing, wearing the dude sweater. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry that I uh, was, uh, was MIA for a little bit, guys. Hey. I had some, some work things We're to at your of. bar, so, so you do whatever you want. <laughs> um, I, just, hey, thanks for coming and hanging out, guys, if these guys already didn't say it. But uh, the, the Whiskey Nomad thing, the Whiskey Traveling thing, like, I, I love what you guys are doing because it I didn't do a ton of traveling before I started with our company in 2012 I think the only place I had been was probably the Dominican Republic hmm. um, or Mexico I had never been overseas um, never been the across the pond let's say and in diving into what we do here a big part of our of our bar and our restaurants kind of MO was about getting to distilleries the Fountainhead idea was getting to distilleries, getting to breweries, learning about the process of making uh, these these spirits or these beers, and learning where they come from, the terroir, just like wine or anything else, right? Really getting to the source, and then being able to bring that experience back to our staff and to train them, and then that relates then to the customers and gives them a cool experience. Like, oh, these guys have been to this distillery. And so when I started traveling, I think my first trip, uh, my first distillery trip was in 2014. Um, to, to Louisville and then going to Scotland and going to Germany and learning these things it, it, it I started loving the aspect of traveling and learning about different cultures and and how that pertains to food to spirits and it all kind of t- came together so what you guys are doing is is awesome and I something that no. I want to do going for it's tough when you run in a bar because <laughs> mm-hmm. you can you got to be on site a lot you know but um and we're not a lot of other countries right now either exactly so it makes it a little hard right now so and, and I have one of my best friends is a worldwide traveler and that's the same me and her we're talking about in May like it's the one thing that she misses more than anything mm. is traveling you know yeah, I'm so I, I feel the feel your pain a little bit there you know? I'm at a point now on when I am on Instagram um, searching other accounts you know you see those videos yeah. those throwback videos of traveling with the beautiful music mm-hmm. and it's heart-wrenching yep. like, I have to just swipe past I know yeah, I right, get emotional right. yep. or, or like how are they there like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, to, yeah, 2017 yeah, yeah, yeah I had a reminder of a trip last year we did where we went to Oktoberfest and went to some breweries in Germany and went to London and Europe and it was like a year ago and I was like oh man and it like almost broke my heart to like could go back you know um, what is, uh, for you guys, what's been like your favorite, I guess one question would be, how many countries have you guys been to, if this hasn't been asked already? To, has together or separately or Together. Both? I guess as Whiskey Nomad. Um, I don't know. We'd have to you have to them out by that. Seven, <laughs> eight, eight, nine, ten. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Around there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know you already mentioned the Hemingway Bar experience and that mm-hmm. kind of, has there been any other, um, over, yeah, any other standouts for you guys so far in terms of either discovering the whiskey making process or the or the culture or the scene or whatever you know there's so much about whiskey that you can really get into but the thing that I love most is the relationships and so Mm -hmm. the things that stand out to me are the people that we meet Mm -hmm. uh, less than the whiskey that we drink like not you Callum (laughs) (laughs) one of our favorite experiences I think was um, Amalga Distillery in Alaska um, oh, wow. We went up there and uh, and we messaged them and we were just like, hey, we'd like to come by and try your your stuff. They don't they didn't have any whiskey released at, at the time mm-hmm. publicly, but they had some in barrels. 
And the guy showed up, you know, t-shirt shorts and was like, who are you? My <laughs> wife told me to be here. <laughs> and we were like, hey, what's well, up? We, we were, but then he just took us down there. We were like and an hour into the tasting downstairs and he was pulling out stuff out of barrels. And like, he who? just was like, yeah, like, let's wait, just wait, all hang sorry, out Sorry, who are you? Right. Who are yeah. you guys? Who are you guys? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like oh, you're, uh, you know, and we showed him the page. He's like, oh, my wife just told me to come down here. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I was a bit away. Oh, that's awesome. And where is that in Alaska? Uh, Juneau, Alaska. Oh, it's in Juneau? Okay, yeah. cool. That's yeah. really awesome. I think that was one of my favorite memories because we just kicked it with him for like yeah. the a whole afternoon just drinking whiskey and, and just talking about life and what it's like to live in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And That's know. one of my favorite things about whiskey drinkers, right? Is yes. that And those opportunities that are just so random, like, and you come and you just two people or three people, four people, whatever it is, and otherwise, without it, you never would have met. There's never a chance that you would have met like that guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. And like... You know, you guys, obviously, he doesn't even know who you are, but, like, you're in his warehouse and, like, pulling whiskey out of barrels that, like, isn't even being sold yet. And he's just like, here, try this one. You know, my wife told me to be here, so I'm trying my best, you know? <laughs> he was great. What the uh, experiences have you had like that in certain places where it just kind of happened to flow and all of a sudden you're having a good time? I think in, I, I think in Hong Kong, mm. uh, just back to that, was an uh, old man... We, we hit up the manager and we were just and one of the bartenders were like hey what you know just can you write down a list of, of good places yeah. for us to go yeah. and they just uh, and they and I think it was uh, Jake he just wrote down this whole uh, list and then he was uh, he told the bartender like hey why don't you just go on break and like take him to the next bar oh. and they were just and it was just a whole community where oh yeah they walked us to yeah, the next they, bar they we showed us, up and there it, was, it wasn't like next door us. it was like a 15 minute walk <laughs> And the bartender went over there, and then she, like, drank with us over there. And she's like, oh, i got to finish up my shift. <laughs> and then she went back, and then we just kind of flowed from there. And we were at uh, Whiskey and Words, okay, and which is just another another great bar out there. And then we connected. They were having a women and a women in whiskey industry night mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. Really? And they invited us to that, and we got to uh, meet a bunch of... Are you a woman, Nick? <laughs> bartenders. Have you, is this... Are you, is this why you look so young? Partially. partially. <laughs> you got great skin because you're a lady? <laughs> well, I think those serendipitous coincidences, you know, like happenings are the best part about traveling. Because when you go yeah. to a bar and you and someone says, well, what are you here for? What are you looking to do? And then they all stand and start writing that list down. You're like, okay, I have my whole trip planned. I had some ideas in my head of thought what I was going to do. But if these locals are telling me to do this, and maybe it'll cross, um, connect some of the things that you had on your list before you got there. But... I mean, that's the best part about and it. That, that, I feel like that's people are always talking about the beauty and that that kind of serendipity, right? You know what? People always say that the best nights are the ones that you you didn't plan to go out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like traveling has that, like that's like, one of the, part like of the excitement. Sigs on Grand Avenue at ten o'clock at night on a Tuesday. <laughs> God Almighty, I'm never gonna live that down. <laughs> um, but I feel like I feel that that's traveling has that in in spades right like you never know what's going to happen at any point you know and especially if you go somewhere like hong kong i don't know if you guys had ever been to hong kong before um but like even you know you were saying iceland before like i feel like it's just you, you the world's your oyster right mm-hmm. and it's like oh man we could be in it we could do anything tonight you know we've got all the time in the world i'd love to go to hong kong a friend of mine was just about to move there but obviously right now mm-hmm. it's really quite dangerous but um the bar the, apparently the bartending scene in hong kong is it's amazing it's amazing, hmm. it's amazing. how's yeah. it different than here um it, they have kind of this um i mean culturally they just r- are very particular hmm. you know and they have very high standards and so you walk into you know any craft cocktail bar and the bartender there is extremely proud of what they're putting out you know they all want to be the best and and take that standard that sort of high quality um to the max and so 
you know that you're going to get a really unique, really delicious, really uh, customized to them, you know, craft kind of art, almost like an art form of a product. Whereas I think sometimes in America, like, you know, if you throw out a whiskey sour with some bitters on it, then you're a craft bartender, mm. you know. Right. And yeah, I appreciate a good whiskey <laughs> sour, you know, in its basic form, but but it's not quite as... Um, they're not quite it's not quite as personal I right. think, mm -hmm. as it is over there yeah, they appreciate it as a crafter and artist do you find that are the um the bars are in the more craft cocktail bars are they large spaces with a lot of tables or is it much they're more small. of an intimate intimate setting yeah. right uh, yeah, yeah of the, i think Kong that's a great thing that allows allows them to be able to do that mm -hmm. to be able to talk yeah. to guys what they like get to really interact with them whereas sometimes then you have a if you had a 150 person seating of a restaurant just the volume of it becomes it becomes a lot for bartenders to be able to interact with the bar, mm -hmm. with the guests, mm -hmm. and, and be able to do those sort of things, uh, which really makes that experience, like you guys mentioned, something mm -hmm. that's different. Yeah, there's uh, in, in Hong Kong, I think part of the culture there is just a lot of the presentation. Mm. So, for example, like at the um, the Old Man Bar, they have they only have one uh, they only have one bar station, and it's at the and everything is funneled. It's just like a long table yeah. that leads up to the front. And, so that way, whenever someone's making a drink, everyone's looking at the one bartender make his drink. Um, there's another great place out there called uh, Mizanara, the library, and uh, the bartender was just looking him up, uh, Masahiko Endo. I think he's won a bunch of awards okay. before. And there's a he, there's a special roll method or shaking method that he uses, and it's just, but but it, no, <laughs> but it, no, but it's re it's really interesting it's because <laughs> it, we we went there and we tried to drink, and then. Um, we we looked up the bar. We we didn't even know who it was, but then like everything was just this presentation. So yeah. like he, you order a drink from him. He everyone like he lays out everyone lays out all the ingredients for him. So it's all in one. So he does it all in one go, and then he's shaking it, and then people like his. Uh, it's almost like a you know head chef, the sous chefs are they're grabbing mm -hmm. the stuff that that he's used already, and they're bringing out the glass. It's like a dance. It is dance, and then he pours yeah. it, and then he even sheathes it like a samurai afterwards. Yeah. And like, man, this is really cool. That like that's super cool because that sounds not just bartending, but that sounds like a real performance. You know, they mm -hmm. say they say in mixology circles and bartending circles, like, you know, every time you get behind the bar, it's a performance, right? But like that sounds like quite genuinely you go to a show like mm -hmm. it you know if people are you know if, uh, almost like a dance like you say mm -hmm. you know with your page how do you try to highlight that and bring your viewers into that reality or to that space well what i what i try to do because it's what i'm really passionate about is um think about the culture mm -hmm. of a place and then really um like highlight what they're doing in that culture and bringing it forth so like you know, Japanese culture tends to be um, really particular and very like methodical and everything is enriched in a history and they do things with purpose like nothing is ever mm -hmm. just because and so you can talk about that in the craft cocktail world and even in the way that they make Japanese whiskey right yep. the flavors are subtle and they change from one sip to the other like nothing like that is it's not accidental and a lot of people drink Japanese whiskey and they're like this is great they take a giant gulp of it and they're not understanding the entire culture behind right. the subtlety yep. and the nuances and even just the fact that the flavors are light because the flavors in Japan are light mm -hmm. and they like that. Um, or if you take, you know, American whiskey, like how it's bold and aggressive or scotch whiskey, you know. And so I like to to combine and, and sort of bridge those right. uh, those educational opportunities. Yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. so that people are, are thinking more about what they're drinking from a from a cultural perspective and not just from a flavor perspective. And on the, the beer side of that, there would be something like in, in Germany, how, you know, they have mm-hmm. laws in, that have been in, in place for hundreds of years of what you can put in beer. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that for hundreds of years and how right. the process of making lager beer is. And that's why those they're they're so good at it because they're very particular about their beer and what goes into it. And so the process of that over hundreds and hundreds of years, you kind of get to... I love how that that piece of tying into cultural aspects and also just and regional and it's just uh, that's it's it's really great. Do you try to bridge that foundation of how the history of whiskey, um, the process of making whiskey, to what you're trying to do with your page? Yeah, I'd say. Uh, well, when we when we first started out, it started out like every other thing. We just hey, here's a cool bottle of whiskey. <laughs> we want to share it. And we want to mm. post about it. Then we'd. Then we do um, what you were kind of talking about before, like, well, here's like the stats on it. Here's what it tastes like. But then we re- we quickly re- we quickly realize that like, no one cares about that. Like, no right. one's gonna no one's gonna trust some internet stranger for. Like, well, some people do. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say our <laughs> most likes are probably when I post <laughs> yeah. a bottle of Weller yeah. on there. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but it's um, but what we started trying to um, go more towards was just the educational aspect of it, and uh, that's where I think that. We've we've tried to distinguish ourselves because we'll actually try to go out to yes. the to the location, and uh, you know arrange it all beforehand. Like, hey, we'd like to sit down. We'd like to talk to you about what makes like here. What's your story? Because people like talking about their their own stuff or what they're creating. So you, s- um, you sort of get that combination of um, everybody's story, right? Because yeah. everybody has their own story. Every distillery has their their process of how they started their business. But then in the process of that um, creating their product, they also kind of went into they had to think about the science behind their creation. Like, were yeah. they going to use a, a fat still, a, a thin still? Like, what kind of vapor speeds were they going to try to get? What kind of, um, you know, heads, tails were they going to get in their product and why? And why did they choose to, to go light, to go heavy? And so by studying the story of people, then you do naturally get the creation process as well. Yeah, I agree. And I know with my boss, Dave, when you guys did the Instagram live with him, like a, two years ago at the beginning of quarantine it feels like that anyway um it was so much about like the romance of his story his relationship with whiskey and then at the very end i believe you guys kind of got into the details of distilling but it's I think so much we, i think we threw him for a loop because i pulled out a bottle or a, a bottle of yellowtail and a uh, can oh, of fosters like, yeah. so do you like this it. or not yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a <laughs> a pretentious drinker um i suppose like for me though to highlight on that, you know, the story side of everything. The reason that I love this job isn't because like whiskey tastes good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's the people you meet and it's the stories you hear. Like, and I, I know that it's a cliched thing to say, but people do make whiskey, you know, and it's part of the beauty of it all. So no, I think that's, that's I mean, if you're gonna, for me at least, that's the best way to highlight what you guys do, you know, and t- through those stories, through everybody, e- everybody's personal like kind of experience or journey, if you like to get them where they are today. Um, one thing as well that I'd, I was going to ask was your followers, you know, the people that are, that are, you know, asking you guys questions and inquiring about things, are they majority, you know, are they just kind of like, oh, wow, great bottle or whatever, or are they genuinely interested in the educational side of it all? We, we actually are very fortunate. Um, the majority of our followers are, are really into the education. They mm-hmm. ask really good questions. And we realized that on that actual um, Instagram live because uh, he'd been doing um, Instagram live posts with other influencers um, a couple of different times that week, but he said that that our followers asked 
the mm. really like tough and interesting and educational questions. And I, and I was really proud of that because um, I realized, you know, the people that follow us do care a lot about getting into more details. Right. No, I agree. And like, cause certain, you know, from my experience, people, when we first came to the U.S., wanted to try to relate everything we did with Star Wars just because mm-hmm. it sounds the same. And you're like, this has nothing to do with whiskey. It has nothing to do with our story. And obviously we're trying to like buck any th- relationship with that because it just happened to yeah. be that name relating to that movie in series. But no, it's all about like the travel of whiskey across the world, not about lightsabers. Hey, I love lightsabers, but <laughs> <laughs> not what it was about. I think you have to call it laser swords now. What? Why? They, I think Hold they on. said they... Hold on. I know Luke Skywalker said laser sword at one point, but what are we doing? God, what are we they, doing? please don't call it laser swords. Or, or like with the it got canceled? They Is got this a cancel culture? I, 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 don't, I know that they're not allowed to call it... Um, Lightsabers anymore? It's like laser swords. Or why can't they call it a lightsaber? You'd have to Google it. Is it insulting to say Some 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 light bulb somebody was had offe- its feelings Somebody hurt. was offended. Yeah, someone somewhere in the corner probably of the universe. Scott. Yeah, yeah. What? probably some <laughs> Scottish person. Probably me. I don't know if you guys don't know if you guys saw on YouTube the other day. Slight sidebar, but a guy made an actual lightsaber. Did oh, anyone yeah. see that? Yeah. No. It was. Probably the sexiest thing I've ever seen. There's like a plasma like every boy, yeah, uh, every boy's dream is to have a lightsaber. Where did right? you get the kyber crystal? Oh well, he didn't use the kyber crystal. Oh. It was like, um, but you should check it out online. Used, uh, they used propane for oh. it. Yeah, but like he basically is wearing like a jetpack on his back, and then he's like holding he this thing, and it's like, psh, you know? and I was like, whoa! <laughs> but like, I, they they have the guys that made it. I think it was called it's called interesting things, or they have a page that they make stuff like this all the time. They have like 30 million subscribers and um, he was basically st- like they, they made it all and they showed it working and it was super sexy and super cool and I wanted one. But then they asked me to pay money to see them using it in action. But mm. like they, there's a bit where they actually like go through a metal door. I pay money to see you in action. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Ooh, baby, I love your way. Maybe we should get back to our guests now. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Anyway, whiskey, whiskey, no man. The important people. Please, please talk a little bit more about la- laser swords. <laughs> so for you guys, when you're drinking scotch, let's just go with that, for example, how do you decide to like work your way through a giant, giant list, a giant category, and all the history when it comes to that one spirit? I mean, when it when you get into a broad category like mm-hmm. scotch, I think that it's best to go into that particular story of that distillery and that family and that person. Um, and then you, instead of trying to tackle the culture of Scotland as a whole, you, um, you're you really going into the history of a person, mm-hmm. of a relationship. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because that relationship that they have to their brand is probably a very you know exclusive relationship they have to that area as well and representing that what they do inside of a bottle at the end of the day mm-hmm. have you guys had any bad experiences like that stand out you know I, like because we i know we're talking all, we want to stay as positive as possible but like has there ever been an experience that you look back and you think damn like that really wasn't worth it or you don't have to name names obviously but was there like a traveling experience that you thought man we wouldn't do that again 
Oh, oh there's, they're, we, they're, we they're whispering. There's confetti going yeah. on here. We, don't, we, don't, we make it a policy. I'm sorry we have to we take your first answer on that one. We won't name the distillery, but we were uh, we were driving through Scotland on a trip, and then... It, no, 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 no. Anywhere but Scotland. No, no, no. Take, take, this, take this story right fucking back. You had a great experience in Scotland. I refuse to hear bad things about my country. It's a place that rhymes with uh, Callum O'Donnell. No, it's, 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 no, it rhymes so with happy hour. <laughs> No, 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 no. Now, just take that back, okay, and we can all be friends again. I'm sorry, Graham. We just had one bad experience. And it was it was very random. We were we stopped. We were driving through Scotland, and it's pretty much you can't you can't drive five feet without finding another distillery down there. And every single experience that we'd had was very positive. As in, we'd go in there. The people are warm, um, they're friendly, they're giving. And they were, like, we, we stopped by one distillery and we're like, well, hey, you know, um, well, is it, um, is that uh, Bamor? Is Bamor? Bamor. And we'd been through so many tours around the area, but like, we're like, okay, well, we don't really want to do a tour. We want to go and just check it out and, like, grab a drink at the tasting room. So we, we go in there and then we're like, hey, well, we're not really looking for a tour. And then they're like, well, would you like a drink? Okay, well, sure. And we, we grab this a drink, at which at, was at a positive Bomar. experience. Positive <laughs> experience. And then, so we're and then they're like, "Yeah, what do you want?" And they just start handing us up. And then afterwards, they're like, "Hey, well." Um, I was talking about the malting room floor. Yeah. How excited I was. Mm-hmm. Because they do one. their own malting. Yeah. Yep. So then we we go in the malting room, and then Sarah's like, "Can I just can I roll around in your?" Can I Scrooge McDuck your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your and malting room floor? And they're like, <laughs> and, and they're like I think uh, that's the words I use. Yeah, and they're like, uh, yeah, why not? By the way, savor those because those days are gone. I now, know they now are. with COVID, those days uh-huh. are totally gone. Like no one's ever going to give you that kind of access ever again. It's so. true. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did malt angels. <laughs> I did malt angels, and I swam through the malting room floor, and they let me rake it right a, through the around rake, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Which nice. was, I have a super awkward video of me like not knowing how to maneuver this giant <laughs> rake that Nick constantly keeps reposting. <laughs> well, so anyways, um, po- positive, positive experience over there. And then every place that we'd stop by uh, since then was positive. We stopped by Apple Hour. was a very positive experience. And then, so anyways, we, we had to stop off at this one uh, this one distillery. It was just a quick stop off. And we, we'd go by there. We didn't want to do a tour. We, we just w- wanted to buy some bottles, I think. We wanted to buy some bottles, do a tasting. And they uh, they turned us down. They're like, well, no, you have to, in order to uh, even have a drink, you have to buy the tour. I'm like, well, we don't want to buy a tour. We just want to buy some booze. <laughs> and then they're like, well, no. We're like, okay, well, cool. We'll just move on to the next place. Do you mind if we use your restroom? They're like, well, no, you need to buy a tasting in order to, like, <laughs> to use the restroom. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And oh. then I was looking at the bottles in the store, and they, they kicked me out. They were like, if you're not here for a tour, you this have to leave. This is pre-COVID, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> There's... Plenty of other was whiskey. It, was it in Speyside? I think it was. Uh, it was somewhere in the Highlands. Okay. Highlands. Hmm. Highlands. Those bloody Highlanders, man. <laughs> <laughs> Given the rest of my beautiful country a bad name. Um, just one it. place. That was the only bad one experience thing, we've had. One thing that, for me, you know, I feel like those experiences. It's kind of nice to hear you guys that that's like the only one that you can really think of, right? right. Because, I mean, I don't know how many distilleries have you guys visited. I mean, you must... 30 to 50. Yeah, I was going to say, you must be, like, close to half a century of distilleries, you know? So, it, out of all 50, you know, you've only had one bad experience. I suppose that's probably a good a good trade-off, you know? Um, but for me, like, I don't think... And it goes back to the, the, the Alaskan distillery that you guys went to in Juneau. Like, I don't think I've ever had a, a moment 
like that I look back and think, oh, this has been, this is, you know, going to the distillery, this has been a bad day or whatever. You know, like I, I, I've never had a bad experience at the distillery, you know, apart from one time I was really hungover, but that was my mm. fault, oh, self-induced. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thank God they let me use the bathroom. Mm. Uh, I was in bad shape. Um, but, you know, looking back, that's probably one of the coolest things that I'll probably try my best to take more advantage of post-COVID is like going to these, everywhere I go, like be like, do you know what? I'm here. Say I'm say I do go down to San Diego to visit, or say I'm in Mexico or whatever it might be, and I find I'm just gonna have a look at a brewery or distillery or whatever because it's always great to just go in and and kind of tour the to the locale, you know. Do you think it's fair to share those negative experiences? We don't. At one point, I mean, it's fair if if you want to. I, right. I'm not gonna speak for anyone else. Or it gets productive in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's not really productive, right. right? Because I'm sure a lot of people had had really positive experiences at that distillery, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to. Sh- to take anybody down mm-hmm. that's not the point of our instagram right yeah. we make it a point to not post anything negative and i think we did actually write like a negative post about it because at the time we were like frustrated yeah we took and it then down. we took it immediately down it was actually a therapeutic yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we just didn't want we don't want that and i mean we have a very i mean we don't even write bad whiskey reviews like we get right. sent bottles if they're not good we don't talk about it we don't put on there it's like fair. this is a two or four because we're not trying to come off elitist or arrogant and somebody might like it and, and there's enough negativity honestly exactly. right now there's enough negative shit in the world we don't need we yeah. don't need extra I took exactly. the same approach when I was reviewing stuff for malt review or whatever just doing it on our own site too which mm. I didn't really do any reviews on our site but if whenever I came around to me or being asked to write one I wanted to find the positive part of it out of it and I mm. give a lot of writers credit to that these days even people that will and maybe you give it like a 5 out of 10 when it comes to the actual taste value, but they talk about the positives throughout the entire yeah. article or review because what, I mean, what do you, people are looking to take you down always, it seems like on online. Oh, for sure. And with you guys having a huge following, I'm sure there's probably like a thousand other wannabes of you guys like, all right, here's that one spot. We can go right in there and take them all down and tear everything apart that they've worked so hard to do. Yeah. I think part of it is perspective for the, the whiskey that you're reviewing as well. Mm. For example, if it's, yeah, you got to look at price points and what your what right. your intention is. If you're mm-hmm. looking for like a daily drink, then uh, then you know like a thirty fifty dollar whiskey is great. But you know it's not going to compare to. It may not compare to some you know like eight hundred dollar bottle of whiskey that's been carefully curated and aged for years. But you know it's all about what your what your intention is when you're drinking it. Is that your approach when you guys go to bars as well? Do you kind of look to see what the best value is and what it, what you can drink maybe more of versus just having one or two? I, whenever I go to a bar, I immediately look and see if there's anything on the shelf that I have not had. Um, mm-hmm. And I get really excited if I've been you to a place that, that has a craft product. And I don't even care if the reviews are bad. If it has a craft product or something unique or or any sort of variation of a whiskey that I've never tried, then yeah. I order it immediately. I don't care about the price. Have I, you ever I had Malort? Yeah, I don't want I don't want that to be the the memory of. Chicago <laughs> I've heard bad things about Malort. Or of this podcast, like can we stay off the Malort? <laughs> uh, Malort is an interesting. It is a very Chicago thing, and a lot of industry professionals. There are people that 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 do love it. It's a bitter, liqueur, very bitter, right? Yeah, it's very bitter. It's like. Um, Bitter anise, uh, kind of like a fernet style yeah, liqueur, but it's but much worse. <laughs> than much much worse. Okay. Uh, I, there are people that yeah that that love it and enjoy it. Um, Do you think uh, they've just created like a association with with their early twenties, like child, or, like or, or just like the Chicago right. industry, local? Yeah, local. It's, it's like it's this is what this is what you do. It's a hipster like, drink. Like, it it yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
But they're per, my my personal opinion. I think it's the worst thing ever made. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, that Malort I'm going to put that out ever? there. Malort? I know Malort might come after me, they but might. I I don't, I don't I don't I do not enjoy Big it. Big fans of the pod. I do not enjoy it. I'm sorry. I have no idea. Uh, but it is, uh, <laughs> and it becomes a thing where people travel in, and bartenders are like, "Got to have a shot of Malort." Mm-hmm. So it just I've never had a, it. I want to try it now. Oh, all right. There we go. You know, there's Your a part day of starting me, early, Nick. <laughs> there's a part of me that respects that though. Like they they obviously embrace it. Like everybody in Chicago loves it. You know, and they have and. A year about a year ago, or maybe just just under a year ago, we were talking on the pod, and um, we were going through like, what do we think our top five brands are? Oh, yeah. Like, and I had I had a bunch of different ones on there, and none of them were really like kind of the, the what I think people would have expected me to say. But one of them was Malort, purely because they just own it. Like they they know that like a lot of people don't like it, and it, it reminds me very similar to um, the what our producer. Uh, Jake's Remy? wife. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, they did uh, one, of the, one of the whiskeys at Beam Suntory. They actually did a social media campaign that was about how much people hate the peated scotches, right? And the whole oh, thing yeah. was them going like, oh, like in the advert. And it's like, well, yeah, damn right. Like embrace it. You don't don't change your flavor or don't change because there's people out there that are going to love it. And that's the thing with Malort. Like they know. They know that like not a lot of people like it, but they embrace that. And it's part of the reason that it's still kicking about. You know, it's doing well. Does judging a place based on the whiskey list um, they have is it as important as the relationship? At least the the you know the hour long relationship you have there with the bar manager, the bartender, anybody in the service um, aspect of the bar. I always prioritize relationships. It's always a relationship. It's always the relationships mm-hmm. because we've been to places that don't have an extensive whiskey list. Yeah. We go there, we meet the owner, and before we know it, they're pulling stuff out from underneath the counters, you know, that yeah. we've never had before, never seen before, and they can't technically, you know, serve it to us, but they had it all stocked away, and they're just excited to share the experience with somebody who appreciates it. Definitely. So I've learned, we've learned that lesson several times. Yeah, and I want to, and I think I want to stress that isn't because of our social media presence where we where we try to go like name dropping or anything. Yeah. Like I think anyone can build that type of relationship. They can just go in if they just take the time to just actually talk to the bartenders, talk to the owner, and just engage and appreciate what they have. Mm-hmm. That you'll find that most people are uh, most people anywhere in the world are just willing to just share with you. Just I mean, it's like life. you said, people want to talk about their story, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's definitely. I think sometimes people take that for granted eh, when they're in a bar and I hope after all of this they don't, you know, I hope that they don't take it for granted as they did before Mm. because, you know, there is something beautiful about going to a bar and just sitting and having a chat with a bartender, you know, it's really, really nice to just like Last night felt kind of normal. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, because of COVID, one of the saddest things that we've seen is um, Seven Grand in San Diego is one of our favorite bars. Actually, it's my top three bars of all time just because of the experience that I've you know, I've had there first date and all that, and uh, in for a brief time, is it Malort? No, 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 that is not Malort. Oh. Oh. I was like, this is not. Lo- okay, so so for so for a brief time, bars were open in San Diego again. So we went back to Seven Grand, and because of uh, because of COVID, there's this whole thing where you know you you can't go up to the bar anymore. You have to sit at your table. Yeah. yeah. And then you can't say hi to the bartenders. You can't talk to them. So we're like we're looking like across the bar at these bartenders. Everyone's waving. in a mask. We're waving. And we're like, oh my, like, we yeah, miss you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it just took the whole experience away. Yeah. And that's still happening in San Diego? Uh, bars are closed. <sighs> if they don't bars serve are food. Closed, yeah, unless they, unless they have food. We just got that. Uh, even outside. I Does it have to be a restaurant? It has I to be a restaurant. I think it has to be a restaurant. restaurant. Uh-huh. Is Wilson here? 
<laughs> um, uh, it's so sad. We're and it feels. It sounds like uh, Chicago is going back that way too. Um, the suburbs are closing down indo- indoor dining overall. So. Let's focus on something positive. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that because I don't so want to. So, Bob has a shot of Malort, it looks like. Oh, my. I'm excited. God. Okay, you I've never do it had first, and I'll. Uh, I would drink whatever's in the Glen Cairn <laughs> first, maybe. You jump first. <laughs> Can I, do I just shoot it or do I sip it? And I mean, so, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone that can't see, uh, these are pretty big shots. This isn't so hefty size shot. You've got to shoot it, though, hey. Oh, this is great. It's almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, there it is. Give there it goes. Down face. the hatch. Down you the know, ha- that's not that bad. Look, oh, look at their faces. That's true. I, that's, that's what that's what Malort dreamed of when they made the brand. They, that's they, not that that's bad. That's not Malort. that bad. <laughs> that's pretty much... I was like the... Malort. Calmest face I've seen after taking a shot. For two people doing it for the I first time. I bitch face, though. Uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, show emotion. Uh-huh. It's okay. I don't mind the anise flavor to it, but it's kind of a lingering effect towards uh, the, the end. It's a really like coated my there. mouth in a in a not so <laughs> great way. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago. I feel like uh, I'm just gonna. Mo- if anyone from Malort's branding is, it just, it just keeps on coming. Like it's just like a continual aftertaste yeah, that it never kinda, wants to leave. It kind of feels it's like, like it's an everlasting gobstopper. Yes, right. Yeah, right. If anyone from Malort is listening, then you can use all of these quotes. You know, <laughs> it's coated my mouth in not a great way. <laughs> That's not that bad. <laughs> uh, all of these. Look, this is free. This is great content, man. You know, there's a photographer that did a Malort face book. Uh, he just, Mike Ando is the photographer, and he released it right, be, right before quarantine. I asked him to come on and talk about it, but he's just and it was people taking the shot, of Malort. taking a shot of Malort, and then the afterface. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's great. It's not bad. It's not the worst thing ever. It's really bad after like twelve PBRs at two o'clock in the morning. Oh. You're like, uh, why did I do that? Regret. This yeah. is now going down my belly. That initial it's, it's flavor, no not floaty. that bad. That it's no after flavor, yeah. terrible. It's no yeah, yeah, like you're you're like looking around, de- especially like you know that way when you're it is two o'clock in the morning and you're looking around like, mm-hmm. now what can I drink to get rid of the flavor? Like anything, like anything <laughs> that's on the bar. Some poor guys trying to drink in a groan and you're like, sorry, mate, this is, this is going down the hatch as well. There's some Everclear back there. Ooh. <laughs> Since we can't travel anymore, um, what have you guys done? I know you've done a little bit of traveling. I liked your road trip you did. Of, uh, was that through Colorado? Oh, when oh you we did Wyoming. 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 Yeah. Oh. Wyoming bottles whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Wyoming whiskey. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Wyoming whiskey is really good. We did. We found some yeah. Weller. Uh, yeah. Full, full proof. For I remember you posting that. That was great. Yeah. I was like, oh. We were like, yes. We drank that quick. <laughs> yeah. No fault to you. But we got a couple local gins. Mm-hmm. What have you guys done differently uh-huh. online? Like to create content and, to, you know, to keep your, I guess, not your name out there, but to stay up to date with people. We've been doing more cocktails. I mean, I don't know. I we've been trying to make cocktail. We're terrible. I'm a terrible person. He's not a cocktail nomad. Was so. <laughs> <laughs> he nomad? But our bar has exploded. Our inside, our house bar has exploded. Like we had to put in like seven shelves along. We have a tiny house, so yeah. mm-hmm. we don't have room for bookshelves. So we've just taken all of the paintings down and put in baskets. And I now hope we Brittany have is listening right now. All of our cocktail <laughs> stuff is just along the walls. Yes, yeah, so for my future our house wife. And it's just you know liqueurs and gins mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, different bittered aperitifs all over the place. And I just come home and I'm like, what cocktail am I going to study today? Right. And I am getting really into the cocktail culture and the learning about that. And then trying my hand at making them, which 
mm-hmm. is hit or miss. I think it's a big thing too. How do you how do you you know map out your time where you go from your jobs to doing this online and dedicating so much time to it? Because yeah, because you guys I'm have about you guys have podcast really too much time in my life. Yeah, you guys have <laughs> really time consuming jobs, and then like obviously running a page like that, like that was what I was saying before. You know, is there a part of you that maybe doesn't miss the fact that you got to edit that video or whatever or like so how do you fit it all in? We we have strategy we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the process we were one of the toughest things in our relationship I think was coming up with content every single day and there was a lot of pressure to write a post and then agree on it, you know, yeah. in in our relationship and then edit it and then um, and then get the photography and then post it yeah. and it was like hours each day and we'd be trying to do it after work. Um, and then we discovered Hootsuite, and we were like, why have we not been using this the entire time? This is when you basically you set up yeah. dates mm-hmm. and calendar your posts, basically, yes. right? So Hootsuite now is a way you can just batch up, you know, do all your posting. Yep. So now we create content ahead of time, and then you know we can go in and edit each other's um, work. And so it's an easy, neutral way to not have to sit down together and do it. You can set aside your own time yeah. of, mm-hmm. I'm going to take two hours this day, and I'm going to plan this out. That's how you know, we'll do it for... Um, our social media may do it for yeah. work. right. You can plan mm-hmm. it out, time it out, so it's scheduled yes. to post at this time, and then you can edit it going, you know, up until then if you want. It's That's good. been a life changer. Yeah, it's so insane though as well. Like five, like since 2015 that you've been going, and it's like, and it's still a, like you guys get one of the things that I that I always kind of notice with with uh, Instagram pages, Twitter, whatever it might be. A lot of people have a lot of followers, right? A lot of people have it. Like people have. You know whether they bought them or whether they like they they made you know they did follow for follow like for like whatever it was, but you guys consistently with, with a lot of these people you know you look on their posts and they they post and they maybe get like six hundred likes or whatever, and um, they you know they maybe get twenty comments right, but like a lot of the stuff that you guys post is like really in like people engage with it right it's really engaged so it's like yeah fine you guys have got thirty eight thousand followers that's great but I think the best thing about it is like. The content that you produce and the people that are following you, they're so engaged, you know, and like they're always posting stuff. They're always asking questions like it's not rare to see a post of you guys, just a random post, whatever it might be. And it's got like 100 comments, like 100 people are like asking questions. You guys are replying like and so for five years to keep that up, you know, is there ever is there ever a time that you're just like, fuck this, I'm over it. Do you ever think like I can't be bothered with this anymore? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's all coming out <laughs> now. No, it, it's 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 a more. All the secrets no, come. I think uh, on between the two of us, we've uh, we 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 keep up with the social media stuff, and we really try to build the relationships online, answering yeah. questions, and I think that's why people have reached out mm-hmm. to us. Uh, but then I think we've we've kind of started working on our own little side projects on the side okay. too, and then you know as a result you know it depends on what you put your time in. So mm-hmm. as a result of that, some of the um, some of the social media time has or the social media presence has died down a little bit because we haven't been uh, able to spend as much time on it. Which as long as we you know as long as we have the understanding, we're fine with it. Um, because like Sarah is. Uh, Vice President of Women Who Whiskey in San Diego, so she's planning a lot of the events um, over there now. So that takes up a lot of different, uh, you know, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, the, the, you, I, sorry, I don't mean no, to no, interrupt. Please. Um, oh, I'll just to say, do you guys ever find too in your travels that there are certain times where, like, maybe you wouldn't post about something because it's you? There's a certain aspect that you, you want it to be for yourselves too, mm. and it's mm-hmm, not sure. just 
for the entire world to know every single moment that you're spending. Mm-hmm. There's definitely times that, when you that's meet people. That's that I mm-hmm. kind of. No, for sure. Yeah. There's definitely times that you meet people and there's an obligation. Like they're meeting you because they're expecting you to post. And I like to honor that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so what kind of content are you expecting? What can we do for you? What do you need in your establishment that we can help with? Because I just, I like to give. That's what energizes me. That's what makes it worthwhile, right? And then there are times where we show up places and you can kind of tell that people don't even really want your con- their content on. So we just work on being there. And we'll have conversations a lot of times before we walk into a place. Like even last night hanging out with you guys, um, he was like, should I bring my camera? And I was like, I think we should be fully present. Like I think we right. should just yeah. be with Callum and, mm-hmm. and Jake and, and hang out and drink and, and just get to know people and, and care about them as people without drunk. bringing the camera. <laughs> And because right. otherwise we would have been up and down, like, let's get a shot through the door. Let's let's pull some bottles off the shelf. Let's do all this. And it's it's it just dis- it detracts. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you don't want traveling to turn into work. Right. And right. that's where right. I'm always the same way where as a photographer, I'm always taking shots. And my wife's like, do we have to go stand on this rock at four in the morning to right. get the sunrise? And I'm like, we do. <laughs> um, but then you're like walking through London and you're like, and you're with your camera. And you're like, I don't want to. I just want to experience. I want to take right. this in. Wanna, yeah. Yes. I don't want to eat this food because I want to eat it. Because I just mm-hmm. want a picture of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to share. You know, it's something you share with your wife. Not right. Something you share with the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fine line, especially uh, nowadays when everybody's a photographer with our phones, it seems like. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I get paid to take photos. I'm a real one. And, like, I want to I shoot some cool stuff, too. And then you have people in the background with their phones and everything like that. I'm a real one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy. I am. I am, I am damn it. <laughs> I know. I know I'm that. a real boy. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah, I think for me especially, I think there was definitely a... No one cares like, what you think. All right. Well... We had a boom for a while, and it felt like everything that everybody was doing all over the world was going on Instagram all the time, right? Whereas now, I feel like it's died down a little bit. I don't know if it's because of quarantine and people aren't doing as much, you know? And Are I'm you sure about that number, that statistic? Right I'm, obviously, it's not a statistic. It's, a, it's, a, it's from the Callum O'Donnell stats, <laughs> stat sheet. Um, uh. But, yeah, I feel like it's died down a little bit, and I don't know if that's because of quarantine, but there's definitely a part of it that I can understand what you're saying, like, there's definitely a part where you just... I, I'm glad you guys didn't bring the camera last night because I was worried about that. Like, you know, as because we met through this, mm-hmm. I was like, on the way down there, I was thinking like, oh God, I hope they don't think that like... This I'm, is going to be a photo opportunity. Oh God, yeah. yeah I was like, I hope... Because your hair wasn't looking that good last no, night. It wasn't like <laughs> when is it ever? Yeah. When is it ever? I got this bald spot in the back. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Rogaine, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast. Um, Four hymns. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But yeah... I, I think that that often happens in whiskey and when you meet people through the media it's mm. like and it's the same thing even a bar or whatever like I don't want when I come in here Bob to think oh god it, mm. like, is Callum going to try and sell me something I'm sure you think oh god it's Callum <laughs> but like he's like oh god it's Callum but I hope it's not because I'm because I'm here to sell or whatever and it's the same thing with you guys like I'm sure that sometimes you meet people that and I you can shout me out if this is wrong, but like I'm sure sometimes you meet people that are just friends with you because they want to have mm. like something posted or like mm. they do work for a brand and it's like oh like whiskey no like great to see you guys and it's like can you guys like post a picture or like is that you know they're expecting something out of you mm. right and I think that's one of the one of the, the the downsides I suppose of having the page like yeah you get to meet all these amazing people but sometimes you will find that like they're just kind of leeching on it for the fact that they want the photo mm. right. 
And we kind of fell into that for a short period of time. I mean, full disclosure, like there was a period of time in Whiskey Nomad history where we were counting every follow and that was all we cared about. Like we need more followers. We're falling behind. Like we're not keeping up with the trends. Instagram just changed their algorithm. How can we manage this? Like we're only commenting on things because we're trying to get into social media. Mm. And and then we sat down one day and we had a conversation of like, why are we doing this? why is it so exhausting? Why do we hate mm-hmm. every moment of this Instagram? Mm-hmm. And we made a decision at that point that we were gonna be more genuine and, and value real relationships. And so we started you know, messaging people privately and sending them samples and sending them, oh, we found out it's your birthday, so <laughs> we'll send you this whiskey that we, you commented on. And Nick's really good about uh, keeping relationships mm-hmm. with people a lot uh, on, on I call that the uh, Taylor Swift approach, (laughs) stalking people's uh, pages, and then no, like one of the um, one of the people that we like actually reached out to us. He lives in Chicago, and we're just unfortunately we're going to miss each other. But we 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 found out that it was his uh, anniversary uh, when we when he first started following. So we like went through like this stuff, and hey, you know we want we want to send you something that's cool. Uh, for your anniversary to celebrate with your wife and it was just a real and ever since then for the last few years it's been a very genuine uh, friendship that we've had online it hasn't felt as tiring you know yes. even though Good. it's a different part of the work it just feels really fun a little more fun and rewarding yeah. personally yeah. too right yeah, yeah. it's a whole uh like entrepreneur like Gary Vee type thing how can you provide value mm-hmm. instead of like what can you give to other people and I think that's a lot more rewarding and congruent with our personalities yeah it's and then we don't really care that much about the followers it's yeah. like we could go down we could go up the bots like blah, blah 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 yeah. like right. who cares Whatever. we have real relationships with people mm-hmm. and they'll last if Instagram implodes it's not our it's not the end of our life and that's the thing that you'll remember eh? like yeah. listen like in 20 years time I'm sure in, um, maybe Instagram's still around or maybe whatever maybe things have changed maybe there's rules regulations whatever we don't know but like you're not going to be like oh like we had 39,000 followers you're going to remember like oh like we met like Jake or we met Calum or like we met people through Instagram and we still friends with them today exactly. like we're still trading samples mm-hmm. with them we still like hang out with them we still go to Chicago to visit them or whatever it is so yeah, I think that that's the best way to look at it, right? And, you know, people say that, like, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like living a passion versus chasing a passion. Yeah, exactly. And that's got to be important. So it's good that you good that you climbed out of that, that hole, I suppose, of being, like, followers. It's, a, it's hard. I, I think mean, everyone goes through that. Yeah. I was just going to say, if, if there's any Instagrammers <laughs> who are think in that slump right now, the biggest piece of advice I can offer you is to just – Forget about the followers. Yeah. Make friends, not follows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think people are going a little bit that direction. I think the quarantine has made them do that where they're getting more, at least I noticed it with certain people, probably mostly in the bourbon community online, that they're getting more in touch with their local distilleries and doing more work with them and posting more about them because they can have that personal relationship. First of all, they can have it in person, not just online. And second of all, it's, it's genuine because it's right down the block from them mm-hmm. and they can actually have that experience versus going out there and you know hunting down these bottles, throwing them on Instagram, and then you take a picture of your bar and you have 20 bottles that cost you $10,000 and they're not unopened. Right. And you're, mm-hmm. act- you're actually you're making a perception of your life and maybe that's why Instagram is going down a little bit because so much of it is about or usage of it so much about it is creating a facade of what your life what you like want your life to mm-hmm. be perceived as versus of what you're actually doing so maybe that's why in Calum's uh, stats book, stats book mm-hmm. that maybe that's why people are not on Instagram as much but I think they're on it more than ever well, I think Instagram <laughs> itself is trying to make people be more genuine, like right. by hiding how many likes you yeah. know, it just says and others yeah. you know, it doesn't say and thousands of that way they can mm-hmm. kind of everybody has a chance 
to create content and be appreciated for the content that is created rather than how many followers you actually have or how many likes you had on your picture. Definitely. Where what? do you guys want to do, or you know, whenever we can travel, and Bob, are you just going to ask that question? Yep. Awesome. Same question. Um, yeah, where, where do you want to go next once we can? Once we can? Once we can? Yeah. I mean, my when next, what I really want to do. I guess maybe out of the country. The Australian yeah. Whiskey Trail, the Tasmanian Whiskey Trail is high, high, high on my list. Mm-hmm. There's I'll just go with you. so yeah. much going on down there in Star terms Wars of whiskey. On list. Yeah. And I just can't wait to get over there and do all of that. That was my, when I was down there, I was only there for like five days for work, which is way too short to fly across the world and back but i was bummed i didn't get to do that but one of my co-workers went down a few months after and he did that and he's like it's the best whiskey yeah, how, many, my how many distillers do they have like a, over 100 distillers over 100 in, distillers in, in australia in tasmania yeah. um oh, tasmania i just read this number i always forget because they include Clark. 42 yeah that's like that. gin vodka and um, whiskey and there's over 200 distillers overall in australia i know mm-hmm. that um Thanks, bruh. Um, I mean, but that, that's that's a sh- yeah. shed load of distilleries. I yeah. think Scotland has like 133 currently functioning, and there's like 80 gin distilleries. So in Scotland, yeah, really, we must huh. be around that. No, it's uh, it's an interesting place too because everyone's like, how do you grow barley down there? I'm like, well, it gets cold in certain parts of the region, and <laughs> in the southeast corner, it actually gets cold. It's really diverse. It's right, huge. Right, it's as big as America, <laughs> but it has a population of LA. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a odd, it's an odd country in that aspect, but well, there's a lot of oddities to it. But it's one of the nicest. Um, for people, it's one of the nicest people you ever meet and visit while you're over there. So genuine. Kind of gets back to like that making that list that we were talking about earlier when you're somewhere. Like every place I went to is like, have you been here? You need to go here. Say, mm-hmm. uh, say, you know, John sent you when you go talk to Tim. Blah blah blah. Those kind of uh, relationships are built easily. Ooh, the sounds of Chicago. Yeah, rooftop. First time. No, I don't think that we've had any ambulances yet. Not today. We're an hour and ten minutes in. That's haven't good. had any yet. That's a good thing. Yeah. So where do you? But yeah, where do you else do you want to go? Well, I have a list. Oh. What's, what's oh, your right. list? I want to go back to Scotland. We we went yeah. we went yeah. we went there last year to get married, and uh, the we tell me more when I go home. The boys only the girls <laughs> I'm coming with you this time. And when you have another wedding with Brittany, like a re-wedding, Jake, I'm coming to that as well. We're, we're gonna wear Callum's uh, kilts. Yeah. Oh right, fuck baby. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we went out there last year during August for our wedding. Tried to take some pictures. It hailed on us, so we have to go back to take. Where'd uh, where'd you guys get married at? Glencoe. Glencoe. Oh, Glencoe. Okay. This uh, the, it was yeah. actually very beautiful. It was like it was raining, hailing all up until the wedding. It was like a twenty minute window where it actually stopped, and we like get Sarah got changed. I was in my suit. She got changed. Ran out there in the dress. We took some um, cool, pretty cool pictures. Got married out there. Drink whiskey out of a quake. Is that what you call it? Okay. And yeah, I, I, like to be honest, you're you're telling the story in a different way than I would. The pictures are fucking yeah. incredible. Like they're gorgeous. Some of the best pictures I've ever seen of anyone yeah. getting married. And like, I know obviously it was hailing, it was horrible weather, and blah blah. And we were talking about this last night. But you know, looking at those pictures, regardless of how cold you were at the time, they were so worth it. They were so worth it because, I, like I say, I bet you no one ever looks at those pictures and go. Nah, you wasted your time going to Scotland, you know? I do get, you look cold. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. It was basically snowing on me in an off-the-shoulder wedding dress. <laughs> Japan is next on our list yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Japan. You haven't been there? We haven't been there. We were supposed to go this year. Same. We were going to do a... I was going to be in Australia for work. Brittany was going to be in Japan for work. And then I was going to go over to Japan and nice. spend some time, but... Callum brought COVID to the U.S. and <laughs> after a stroll on St. Yeah. Patty's Day. <laughs> Anywhere else, though? I mean, if 
I want to do Hammerhead Whiskey in the Czech Republic, actually. Oh. I'm really curious about their product. If we are not talking specifically about whiskey only, yeah. um, I want to try, I want to go to Haiti and try the Claren there, which is um, their like local rum spirit. And every mm. village in Haiti has their own. Clarang? Yes. Oh, no, I don't know if you want to try I it. I do. Like I want to try it. I want to know about how each each place um takes yeah. their local, you know, bacteria. Yeah, Clarang is, yeah. Clarang is a, and it's in the Dominican as well. Yes. And I tried it once in a place called San Pedro de Macorís, and it was blindingly hot. Great. Uh, but, yeah, it's the, I mean, if you're down there, like, if you ever go down there, you've got to try it, yeah. right? But, um, yeah, it wouldn't be... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in a rush to put it in my mouth again. <laughs> Irish moonshine. What is that? Point. Poitine. Don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I'd do love you to some try Bob? that. I do. Great. I'll <laughs> well, try that now. Just well, cross it off the list. Yeah, cool. I'd love to go to France and do, um, you know, Chambord and. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. The sounds of Chicago. Chartreuse. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've Were never. You? I've not been back to France since like I started like working in the alcohol business and I feel like in some ways you know obviously Scotland for scotch and all that kind of stuff but I feel like France is almost like the Mecca right there's so much great booze kicking about out there I did a little uh, France <laughs> wannabe road trip on two episodes ago with Ambrosia who's a bar <coughs> bartender here where we just tasted brandies Armagnacs and Cognacs from uh, various parts of France while Callum is trying yeah, to get a bee away <laughs> trying to avoid the um, it's the first bee still bee season I haven't seen bees all summer well, now really? fall. I don't. Oh I man, yeah. We've been swarmed with them up here, because oh. of the gardens. They been, and when you're bar, there's also a bee. Here. There's a beekeeper down the street. And then uh, there's sugars. Of did course. you know that? I did not know there was. Yeah, there's a beekeeper. The really? the guy whose um, backyard goes up to Cobalt Distillery. Oh yeah. He, he has a like a bee zoo or whatever you want to call it. Interesting. Yeah. The bee area. Well, bees. Yeah. Is there any other certain like stories you want to tell, like on Instagram or through your page that you've, you know, haven't had the opportunity or you've seen somewhere else and you're like, well, I, I need to go there because of that. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm full of them. Uh huh. I think. I want to really focus on American single malts. Um, nice. I just I have such a passion for the American single malt movement. I agree. And I think that it's still developing and yeah. that fascinates me. I would love to just take a year off and just travel America and study everybody's story, tell their story, talk about the, 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 the movement, the, right. that, and I mean, it's not even an official category no. yet. And I want to be a part of making that. And I want to be a part of the history of that. Yeah. We're, we're living in history right exactly. now. Right? We're, it could be defining a whole entire, um, spirit category exactly. that could, could live on like, like scotch, but maybe better. No? Maybe no. better than Scotch, Callum. Give it up. <laughs> Give it up. I'm getting a lot of hate today. What's your phrase about uh, Scotch, uh, Scotland making great whiskey and then using our barrels over here? Oh, you said it one time, but... Is it a lot? Well, to be honest, and people get... I get this a lot, but everyone's like, in every good Scotch, there's a little bit of bourbon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which isn't true, but whatever. Kind of A lot true. of people say that. It's a little true. It's a little it's true. It's not... <laughs> God almighty, I'm going to get a big knife and stab you all one after the other. <laughs> wow. I'm saving you for last night so you have to watch. Didn't you ask suffer. for a big knife last night? Yeah. Did I? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't yeah. Really, it doesn't really sound threatening with that. Yeah, it didn't. Accent. We were at Rebel and Rye and also really the Dawson, nice. be, the Dawson uh -huh. before that. 
Um, shout, shout out to Rebel and Riot. Yeah, it's a really, really nice Tim bar. Tim Mitch, our bar- mm-hmm. bartender, who is pretty new to working there. I think it's like his fourth two weeks, night. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Fourth night there, working yeah. there. Because yeah. we we'd asked them we'd asked them for the pin hook we'd asked him for the pin hook and he was like looking around and we were like, like it's that that from? Yeah. what is that region <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't we're pointing it out on the shelf I think there's 500 American whiskeys there that's so a lot. yeah, yeah it's, and then no pressure yeah they're just trying to start at the expansion of their uh, world whiskeys before COVID but. But yeah, shout out to both to shout out to both spots because the cocktails at the Dawson were lovely. Oh great, yeah. And mm-hmm. um and then uh, a twenty four dollar Blanton's old fashioned if you want it. <laughs> and then Rebel and Rye was a really, really nice bar, you know, lots of good whiskey and it was a nice vibe in there as well. It's nice Dawson, to set Dawson's bar. always great. Yeah, great bar. Always a good spot for a uh, pour or for a cocktail and good food. Yeah. We didn't eat there. We so didn't eat. You guys, you guys went to uh, Momotaro this Momotaro. After, Delicious. Right? Oh, yeah. So good. Oh. I went there once, back in the glory days. Back in the glory days. When we had the corporate cards. Corporate cards. Those and were it was the days. Like, we take a bartender out, uh, or a bar manager um, of the Mark. You know, I don't know if you guys know the Mark. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know the Mark downtown. Uh, makes some great food down there. Toshi is the manager there. And uh, we took him out for dinner and we went to Momotaro and it was unbelievable. The food was so, so good. Great story. Thanks. Cool story. Sure sums it all up, man. Yeah. Sums it all up. So, and tonight is the big one. Avec. Avec. Dates wrapped with bacon, fused with chorizo, and like a oh my god, mouth's watering already. <laughs> and you're going to get to meet Jake's better half, the producer. Is she? Mm. Is she better than me? Oh, hundred percent. I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. One last question for me, and then I promise, like I'm going <laughs> to leave you guys alone. Looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? Like, because this 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 journey that you've been on, right, since 2015, like, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's moments that, and I and I don't want us to all go down the cliched no regrets and all that kind of stuff. But is there anything? Live fast or die. Yeah, (laughs) if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room, man. You're not first, you're last. Um, (laughs) So, but looking back, you know, not not in a regretful way or remorseful way, but like, is there anything that you've done or anything that you wish that you could go back and do? that you think would have changed the course or changed the, the sort of the way that you look at all? I think we would have focused on relationships from the get-go. And I, I think, yeah, and it would have made, I think, the journey a lot more fun mm. overall. Right. Overall, the journey's been fun, but it would have been even We had to learn a lot, fun. a lot of yeah. lessons. Even amongst ourselves, you know, doing this in a marriage is kind of hard. I like bet. We had, mm-hmm. we had to have tough conversations about who was going to do what and what roles we were playing and, and why. Um, you know, going back to to your comment earlier about having someone's face in in the photo, like I was very adamant that I would not be in any pictures yeah. in the beginning because I didn't want to be seen as like selling whiskey via my face. That's why I know? take all the photos. <laughs> and um, and he insisted that I that people would respond better if I was in the picture. So if you look on our account, the first photos of me are I'm always in the background, blurred out, or it's just my profile. Yeah. And I just didn't want that to. I didn't want to put myself out there. And I was kind of nervous about mm. just being so exposed, I guess, and um, being perceived as um, not knowing anything about whiskey, right. but, but trying to, to sell it or, or advertise it because I'm a female and that's all. And, um, and then once I started doing that, it, you know, relationships became more real, like followers they began to uh, relate to us a lot more. Putting and a face to the name is yeah. important, you know, it and is. I think I find that with even, obviously, I'm not 38,000 followers, but like even with my 300 followers or whatever it is, if I have my face or in the picture, like it just gets so much more engagement. Right. You know, people engage with that so much more. Um, 
but yeah and I th- it's definitely it's funny like seeing because obviously two years ago you guys were already on this path right but um it's funny even seeing from then to now like the difference like the the development that you guys have had you know especially when you first started doing the the videos of the bars and stuff i was like oh my god this is super cool um and there's been plenty of times that i've looked at your page and thought god damn it i wish i was there. The, the, uh, you guys were in bali or the maldives or something once yeah and like I, you were like staying in a cabin that was like elevated off the water or whatever yeah. and mm-hmm. i was like do you know what like I need to change what I'm doing because like that they're obviously yeah. doing something a lot better than me. Yeah, that was that was a fun one because um mm-hmm. you know they they have only a certain number of whiskey bottles on the island and the Maldives has really uh, I mean it's a it's in the Middle East technically so they have very strict rules about bringing alcohol in like they'll check your bags to for alcohol and you can't you can't travel with it. And so what they have there is what they have. Mm. And they had a couple different scotches and um, we walked up and we said, we're whiskey Instagrammers. And they were like, what? Yeah, what? What's that? <laughs> I'm like, can we borrow your bottle to go take pictures by the water? And they were like, sure. <laughs> and so we're taking the bottles out of the bar, walking over to the sand, you know. And by the end of the week, we were friends with all of the employees and hanging out with them. And cool. they all knew us. And they would bike across the island to get oh a God. bottle for us. So, so <laughs> Dusit do Thani uh, Resort in Maldives, like, hands down the best place that we've stayed just because of the service and first night we get there we're like hey you know we're sitting at the bar and we're like well we'd like this whatever whiskey and then everyone gets their drink i feel like you know after a couple of minutes and then now it's like five ten minutes I'm like hey i just want to like just remind you you know i ordered this and like oh yeah you know um we only have one bottle on the island so we sent someone to ride their bike across the, <laughs> side of the island and we're like i didn't get god i'm like i'm like i did not want to call it this is not what i wanted oh. and they're so like no, no no they'll be back awesome. in like 10 minutes they just rode across right. the island oh my gosh. what customer service yeah so that's fantastic the story there is order what you can see Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That's unbelievable. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we uh, should know about Instagramming whiskey and telling our stories? It's all about the relationships. We've talked about that. You could have a $10,000 bottle of whiskey, and if you're drinking it by yourself, it's, mm-hmm. it's still going to taste like shit. Um, Love that. You're, uh, you could drink, uh, and you could be drinking shots of Malort with your friends, and you're going to remember that the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the um, if you guys have seen Neat on mm-hmm. Netflix, yeah. it's Neat. amazing, right? Yeah. The cinematography in that is absolutely oh, gorgeous. beautiful. But they end that um, entire show with with a quote at the, towards the end that says, "It's not about the whiskey; it's about the lives you touch and the people you meet." The whiskey is just a byproduct of a good relationship. Understand? And I think that that just summarizes it. So I was well. crying a lot during that movie. I know. Yeah, I know it's beautiful. Uh, my grandfather was an engineer at Jim Beam, so um, he always taught me it's you know there's never such a thing as bad whiskey when you're with good company. Exactly. And it's kind of what we go for here. I say. What do you say, Callum? Night, Wilson. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you guys like hit the nail on the head. Like, to be honest, and I said during, you know, it, people are, people make whiskey. You yeah. know, it's I I so cheesy, and I said it, I said it already, but like I've said it plenty of times on this podcast. But if water is what separates the world, then whiskey is what brings it together. You know, and I I say that in all my tastings because it's cheesy, but it's true. Right. You know, like it really does bring people together and. Like, to go back once again to that story from Juneau, Alaska. Like, just such a random moment in your life, right? It's just like this guy's, like, taking you through this facility that, you know, nothing nothing there's been sold yet. Um, and, yeah, it's just super special. So, thank you, guys. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're it's good to have you on. Thank you. I'm, ex- I'm excited to share uh, the evening together. And 
hopefully our listeners enjoyed this uh, episode. What yeah, do you think, Bob? thanks for coming and hanging out, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Bob. it. And that's something that, uh, again, what you guys are doing is, is what I remember about my time, you know, working for this company and this brand and is, is the travel aspect and the people that you meet. And just like what you said, is like the whiskey is a byproduct. Without, without the relationships that you build and, and that you continue to have, what's in the glass doesn't mean as much right. without it. Let's be nice to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, Nick and out. Sarah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. For Callum O'Donnell of Abelauer, Bob of Fountainhead, which we uh, had another nice, beautiful day here to record. This, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous right picturesque now. fall we day. we got a couple more days, I think, and then it's going to start really turning downhill yeah, for us. You're in yeah, shorts. Yeah, Callum's in shorts. Yeah, I don't know why he's in shorts. Get those legs out. Cal, yeah. what do you think of those? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so, so much. Thank yeah. you so, so much, guys. I'm Jake Hookie of Star Wars Whiskey. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Cheers. guys.